Welcome to the Uncut Podcast. I'm Pastor Luke, and this is... Pastor Cameron. And uh, this is the Uncut Podcast, where we try to have uncut, honest conversations about faith, life, Bible, ministry, and all the things that we find that are... Interesting Interesting, want to talk about, feel like would benefit other people for us to have conversations around. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about the Asbury Revival, which I guess, is that what it's being called? Is that the... I guess it depends on who you ask. Yeah. um, So maybe some context for if there's anybody out there who hasn't heard. Cameron, would you be able to give like a quick synopsis of what it is that we're talking about? Sure. So... Well, quick, probably not. <laughs> but so if you say Asbury Revival and you go to Google and you put in Asbury Revival, you could probably get a few different a few different kickbacks, you know, because mm-hmm. there was an Asbury Revival in 1970. Okay. Most recently. Mm-hmm. Um but probably in the, you know, in the world of current events, there is um something going on at Asbury College uh-huh. in Wilmore, um, Kentucky. Yep. Um, same little town as Asbury Seminary, which is a very you know famous evangelical seminary. Um, but what appears to be happening, or not what appears to be happening, but what is happening is almost two weeks ago now, 12 days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so today's February 20th, 20th. on the day that we're recording yes. this. Um, Almost two weeks ago now, at the conclusion of a Wednesday chapel service, which mm-hmm. by all accounts was a very normal type of chap, yep. you know, chapel service. There was no no revival speaker came in. Yep. You know, it was not it was not billed as a revival event or anything like mm-hmm. that. But that at the conclusion of that chapel service, there was what's being described is just like an overwhelming sense of the presence of God in the room, Mm -hmm. a desire and actually a desire to stay and to linger in the presence of God, to worship, to pray. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Students began to share testimonies of uh, what God has been doing in their lives and both the testimony of their private repentance, but then they're in open air in mm-hmm. front of the whole chapel service, publicly repenting of sin and um, turning to God. Mm-hmm. And it uh, has that service, that worship, prayer, testimony uh, service has continued to this day. It has not stopped yet. Right. Yeah. So just shy of two weeks. It's just shy of two weeks. And it's not only has it not stopped, but it's spread to other mm-hmm. locations on campus, other chapels, uh, auditoriums, churches in the area. And then there's now reports of it that the same spirit um, in other Universities and campuses, mm-hmm. Lee University, I think is one, Belmont University, I think is another, where that the same type of thing is is happening. Yeah. Um, so that's what you know. That's kind of like what's the topic. The topic, right? right? Um, and if you are in 
you know, if you're if you're in the church world at all, which we obviously are, yeah, and you maybe you follow people on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or TikTok, yeah, or even if you just are kind of on the yeah, if you're on the Christian side of social media, so you're following those and seeing those like um, you regularly see sermons and Christian inspirational right. videos and stuff in your content, you've probably heard about this. You probably have, yeah. yeah. And and even if you don't, you may have seen it in some national news organizations that yeah. picked it up. Mm-hmm. You know, like Fox News did a thing on it. They did. Um, and then some some more local um, mm-hmm. channels have, have picked it up and say, hey, what's going on here? Um, because it's starting to attract thousands of people. Right from all over the country are traveling to uh, Wilmore to see what's going on. Yes, to seek to experience mm-hmm. what's going on, and um, you know some of those some of those um, pilgrims uh, are I think are going to experience what they perceive as the, a move of God happening mm-hmm. there on campus, um, and others it's fairly clear are going uh, with an intent to discredit or to call into question or to critique or to test the spirits is a lot of what I've seen. Um, And then to bring that back to their, you know, whoever their constituents are. Yeah. Their platform and their constituency. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's certainly the word is out. Mm -hmm. Um, And I want to say that we'll, Lots and lots of people have been asking me about this as a pastor. And if I'm honest, I will tell you, two people have asked me about this. Yeah, uh, my wife being one of them, mm-hmm. and then um, one other guy that you know goes to church here yeah. asked, "Hey, what do you think about this?" Because I have been posting about it on social media, and part mm-hmm. of the reason that I've been posting on it on social media is because I have ties to Asbury and Seminary, and mm-hmm. um, and many of the people that are posting about it are either seminary professors that I've like done significant theological work with then mm-hmm. good good pastoral or theological mentors to me and whom I trust as well as students on campus you know continue to post about it yeah and um so you know if you follow me on social media then you probably have seen some of those things that I've been yeah. that I've been sharing but yeah I, it's for me like I'll tell you my exposure to it is I've kind of come by it uh, simply just through suggested videos and stuff on the internet. Like I've seen um, a number of different people talking about it um, from different vantage points and different camps. Um, I've not, I've not done any uh, information seeking. Yeah. So I've not like Googled, I've not looked or hunted down mm-hmm. for like, first-hand accounts i'm not done any of that not followed any like i'm sure there are some live reporting blogs out there that are following the up-to-date stuff that's going on at least i don't know i know they people used to do stuff like that i don't know if people do that anymore if blogs are dead but um i haven't done any of that so like i haven't like you have a probably you've probably interacted more intentionally with it mm-hmm. than I have. Mm-hmm. I've simply just been hearing what other people have been saying. Yeah. And and similarly, I think I've only had one person ask me sort of my general thoughts about this. Um 
I think, but I, I think the reason I, I even suggested that, like, so we got in just for context this morning, we got in and we're like, we should talk about this. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and the reason, one of the reasons I think we should talk about it is because I think we have something, I think we almost, like, I think we have some things to maybe say about the thing itself, but I think we probably have more to say about the conversation that's happening around the thing. Right. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Like, because what I'm seeing is a lot of people, like a lot of the content I'm running into is, you know, Christian influencer is like, oh, I went to Asbury. I was like there. These are my thoughts. These are my concerns. This is what's happening. This is what I think is good. This is what I think is bad. And then they're making several reels or posts or long form videos and blog articles and those things are going viral or being watched. And so there's kind of, at least from my view, I'm kind of seeing it from a social media kind of interaction, Mm -hmm. which is my guess how the vast majority of people are are experiencing it, it, right? Mm -hmm. Because we're not there. We're not in person. Um, And so the only way in which we have to engage with this is through any sort of social media content that is made firsthand, secondhand, third hand. Um, and I, I, some, the spirit behind some of that is actually really frustrating to me a little bit. And uh, yeah, I'm curious as like, what do you, where do you want to go with on this topic? Where do we want to? Yeah. So I think that, yeah, I think there's a few things that we could talk about. One is the way it's being portrayed or talked about on various social media platforms by various different people. And it's impossible to catalog, you know, every single one I've seen totally. some that have been like, I think that's a really thoughtful. Um, I think that's a really thoughtful perspective on it. Um, and then I've seen others where I'm like, e- like my blood pressure goes up yeah just hearing it or Mm -hmm. watching it or like listening to the commentary because um because of its the commentary is very jaded or biased yes towards we will not this is not legitimate until i have deter i personal christian influencer have determined that it fits my model for what revival is right and I think that that's part of the question that we could mm. talk about is what is revival? Yeah. Um, and I mean, I will, I'll, you know, kind of show my hand to begin with. Is I, and, and this is not to, this is not to like just you know kick the can down the road. Is that I don't, I don't think there's a real good definition for what revival actually is. Yep. Um. There, you know, there are books and volumes written on the history of revival. You right. know? In fact, if you read the history of revival in the United States or the history of, of revival in New York State, mm-hmm. is really interesting. If you're yeah. if you're live in New York State like we do, um, is a really interesting yeah. read. We've talked about that. We have talked about that. Mm-hmm. Not here, but me and you have talked. About yes, that. Yeah. right, um, and. So the question of what is revival is, I think, still an open question. Uh, and, and I think it's okay to have differing opinions about what revival is, mm-hmm. mainly because we see no clear evidence in Scripture or from Jesus about 
this is what revival is. Right. So yeah. I think it's fine to say, well, my definition or understanding of revival is a significant, um, uh, let's say, a significant harvest in terms of people's personal salvation mm-hmm. who at one time did not believe or express faith in Jesus Christ and now do. Mm-hmm. So we like what you would classically see as like Billy Graham yeah. crusade, type, crusade revival, type revival, you know. Yeah. So comes in, proclaims the gospel, mm-hmm. um, and for a number of factors involved, mm-hmm. you know, like thousands, hundreds, whatever the number would be, right. come to expre- express, you know, uh, faith in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And have you know surrender their life and repent of their sin and turn to turn to Jesus by faith, right? And it happens on a semi-large, either numerical or geographical scale. Would you add time to that? What do you mean? Like, let's say you have just like a powerful meeting and mm. a number of people. Oh, okay, right? Does it need to be a multi-day? Multi thing to be classified as a revival, like like there, I think that's an interesting question. But would uh, yeah, you to this definition you're is. kind of building? Yeah. Is there a time component to kind of fit maybe the? Because what I hear you describing is the classical understanding of of revival. Is there a time component to that I, definition? I don't think so. Okay, I, it doesn't really feel like that. For so you can have a single me. night of revival. Yeah, because okay. like when we live in the kingdom of darkness, mm-hmm. which we do. Right when we live in the kingdom of darkness, any moment of extraordinary like repentance and mm-hmm. salvation is—it's like it is a, a reviving mm-hmm. of the work of the Spirit of God amongst us. Yeah, you know. Would you add in addition? You're emphasizing with that definition. You're emphasizing the salvific uh, coming to Christ committing, praying the prayer, like that, whatever, however we want to talk about that. Would you include um, the, like, renewal of religious fervor? Fervor. Yes. Right? Like, so like, because uh, I think that would be, at least my, from what I know of the Asbury revival as what is happening now, is mostly limited to existing Christians. Correct. Partly by its nature of happening on a Christian Bible seminary college campus. Yes. So that's almost entirely either like recommitments or a re-understanding or renewal of faith, but not necessarily a uh, outpouring of new Christians. Yeah. To and, my knowledge. Right. Which is why, which is why I say like I don't think the definition of revival remains in flux. Mm-hmm. You know because. In a situation like this, it's what's happening at Asbury now, and even what happened in 1970 at Asbury, is not so much like you said, Billy Graham in a big stadium. Yeah. Lots you bring all your non-Christian friends. You know, hopefully Jesus will meet with them there, or they'll yeah. respond to the call that Jesus places on their heart. But what it seems to be happening at Asbury is that, like you said, those who have already expressed faith in Jesus Christ. To some degree, mm-hmm. in most cases, right? We don't. I don't. We don't know the situation. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 I know there were people in my that I went to call it Bible college, sat in theology classes right. with, who did not know Jesus. Like, right. That happens. Sure. 
Sure. But it seems to be a movement not of first-time salvation, mm-hmm. but it seems to be a movement where like the awe of God, the holiness of God, the glory of God has been renewed in their hearts and minds mm-hmm. and lives in that moment, and they are responding with worship, and they are responding with repentance because you know you you don't just repent once Mm -hmm. right you 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 repent daily um they're responding with word of testimony what has god done in our what what is god doing what has god done for me how is he setting me free what am i repenting of um and and it is um it is I will say, for lack of a better term, self-contained within the Christian community, mm-hmm. and not not spreading into like calls for salvation for those who don't believe. Right. Which we pray and hope one affects the other, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's where even Asbury, even now, is moving in the direction where they're they're beginning to say we're we're creating a a stop essentially to the to the practice of renewal or revival that is happening on campus mm-hmm. with the intentionality of taking what's happening and moving out on mission which is mm-hmm. part of their their institution's core values and so maybe it morphs from an upwelling of worship mm-hmm. in a christian context to now a push in mission into the world yep. which hello that's like that's the church. Yep. Right? That's the church. Um, so, so while I understand, while I understand to some degree, some um, people going down to Asbury with the intent of discerning the spirits, yeah, testing the spirits, what's going on. I think a lot of what is happening is presupposing a certain model or format of what revival is hmm. or isn't mm-hmm. looks like or doesn't look like. And then if it doesn't, what's happening doesn't fit into the already presupposed model, then automatically it's doesn't illegitimate. Right. It's false. It's, it's yeah. overly emotional. Yeah. It's, which I think or it's is contrived. or it's contrived, yeah. which I, I to be honest with you, I have a really hard time understanding the mindset that a follower of Jesus would have to get themselves into to look at what's happening and to read pretty much all of the firsthand accounts of it and to say, well, this is not this isn't a good thing. Yeah. This is like listen, twelve days of uninterrupted worship. Can we just call that good? I mean, like we call it great. Yeah. Can we, what, like, what, what if it, as if worship is supposed to be unemotional? Mm-hmm. Oh. As if it's like yeah. not supposed to evoke emotion. Yeah. Like I, th- I read, I read the, um, the New Testament, particularly some scenes in Revelation where mm-hmm. it describes the worship that is happening before the throne room, before the throne of God. Yeah. And, while it's difficult to convey emotion in like the words on a page, it is impossible to escape yeah. the reality that like 
the worship that's happening around Jesus right now as we speak is deeply emotional, infecting mm-hmm. people's even physical posture yeah. before him. And so to even say like, well, I don't know that I can believe that this is true because it just seems all so emotional. If you look at the if you look at the videos, if you see what's happening, people are responding in such what seems to be a contrived way. I think that says more about us than it says about what's happening there. Yeah. I so this is something I I did a lot of thinking about several years back. And and there's two, you know, right, we're kind of coming up on kind of a traditional kind of not dichotomy, but spectrum of kind of like of, of thought of like, you know, so there's the person over here who's maybe saying like, you just, you just don't get it. You're just not emotional. Like, how can you not be reacting to the spirit and to mm-hmm. God's word? And then you've got this person over here and it's like, you are all emotion and zero understanding. Yeah. Like, and, and show my cards. I come from that end. I come from the end, like just my, uh, church tradition and like where I've been and even just my personality type has always kind of left me to to swing closer to the end of being the intellectual critiquing mm-hmm. the emotional. Okay. But I think something like to speak to where my own biases lead me mm-hmm. is to say that um, a greater, perhaps a greater sin or or dishonoring of God's spirit than worshiping God with passion, but with little understanding is having great understanding, but have literal little to no emotional response to that truth. Preach that. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. that is like for me to understand the gospel, to say like, I've got this great theological understanding of who God is, his holiness and what he's called us to and what the church is supposed to be. But I, but I'm I, unmoved I'm by it. I'm unmoved by it. That's that's a more dangerous spirit than somebody who has a very limited or small or like a very small theological understanding and is very maybe emotional or kind of reacting in an emotional way that seems a little bit more unhinged. Like like maybe we can we can talk about the extremes of emotionalism and maybe some of the unhealthy things on that end of the spectrum. But I think Right now, the conversation has probably got a little bit more to do with calling out the uh, the other end that yes. is so skeptical of emotion that we're committing a sin by understanding God's truth but having zero heart response to it. I could not agree more. Uh, I think that's very well put. Just to say, you know, like in light of the holiness and glory of God, if we remain unmoved, we have not encountered it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like you cannot, you cannot, rem- you cannot, you can, you cannot be in the presence and glory of God and remain the same mm-hmm. in any way. Yeah, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, mm-hmm. right? Um, so yeah, I I couldn't I couldn't agree more. I think that like there's a one of the things that I have, and and like I think we should maybe talk about. The idea of like someone asked me if you're going to go down, Cameron, are you going to go down there? <laughs> yeah, um, I want, and I do want to address that. Yeah, um, but uh, uh, I think one of the differences here, and this maybe goes back to the, the definition of revival, mm-hmm. um, which 
the, this whole thing has made me like want to maybe even have a personal definition of what I get a sense like mm -hmm. of revival. Mm -hmm. Not that it, not that I would be hold beholden to it or that it would right. mean have hold any weight or authority. Right, because life, we're not we're not trying to set ourselves up as the authenticators of revival. Oh, holy crap! No way. Like yeah. that, that. Like that's what we're trying to talk about. Exactly. So right, like, we're not trying to do that, but for our own selves and our own parsing out and terminology, like right. we do have to do that wrestling. Yeah, sure. Um, but I think some of the things that I've been really encouraged to hear and to write about or to to read about mm -hmm. is one that like. There's no first that there's no central and charismatic personality who brought the yeah, revival, right? Or who is currently the leader or the figurehead of revival from a human standpoint. Obviously, we like like Jesus. Jesus is leading that revival right now, mm -hmm. right? Jesus is leading it, um, but like from a human standpoint, there's no. Billy Grahams, there's no Billy Sundays, there's no, yeah, there's yeah. no Charles Finney, yeah. there's no Dwight Moody's, yeah. there's no, there's no person right at the center of yeah. it. There's no revivalist preacher who's coming into town mm -hmm. and that you're buying a ticket to go see. Wasn't advertised. Wasn't advertised. Right. Which you know, like happens. Like you, you can we could probably pull up old posters of revival night at right. such and such church under such and such tent, yes. right? Like, and let, let, I want to be clear. Not that God's not showing up at those either. Right. No, I'm not saying right. that. Right. Right. I'm not discrediting. I'm not discrediting Billy Graham. Right. We can't. We can't <laughs> paint. We can't paint with a brush. Right. right. No, we're we not. I'm like, not doing any of that. I'm just saying yeah. that this is. This seems different mm -hmm. than those things. And so there's no like there's no figurehead, no charismatic person. Uh, second is that the overwhelming amount of accounts that I've seen, heard, read, is that there is a, a deep sense of simplicity mm -hmm. um, and also peace in the room. So even though the even though what seems on the outside to be an emotional response of a bunch of young people, um, which I hope by my tone everyone can tell I think is, you know, absolute garbage. Yeah. To say that, right? right. Well, um, these are future ministry leaders. These are the people who are going to be God willing. Right. Like you know, this is happening out of leading in the kingdom. Right. This is happening at a Christian college. Yes. People study the Bible and theology. Right. Um, so that there's, that there, it seems to be like a deep sense of peace. Mm -hmm. So like that the, that the spirit of God has settled upon that place and brought people with the peace and the freedom to worship in a simple way, relatively, if you watch any of the videos, relatively acoustically. Mm -hmm. Yep. There's, no, there's no big bands. Nope. There's no lights. No, you know, no haze. No, I don't even know <laughs> that there's like, that they're projecting lyrics. Yeah. I didn't see any. I haven't seen any. Yeah. Just that they're just, they're, they're just worshiping mm -hmm. like out of an organic sense of like, God is here. We're, we're experiencing him. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think those are the things that are most, I don't want to say most intriguing to me, but are very intriguing to me about what's happening there. They speak of something unique. Unique to our culture, at least. Yeah. I mean, maybe mm, not. That's may, true. Maybe not unique to the heart of worship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
but certainly unique to the practice of worship as yeah. we experience it most times. Yeah, unique to what happens on a normal Sunday. Yep, absolutely unique. Right. And and it's causing in me yeah. some questions personally mm-hmm. of like, Lord, how is my how how does my leadership affect or not affect at all mm-hmm. the for lack of a better term, I'll call it the spirit of revival that comes to a place or a group of people or a congregation. Yeah. So it's really like for me, it's saying I would love to have conversations with the leaders at Asbury. Yeah. Who have obviously experienced this more than once, that institution has experienced it more than once, mm-hmm. and say and ask them, what is it that you feel are the things that are consistently producing this mm-hmm. in your midst. Obviously I know that what you know someone of what they would respond with is prayer. Mm-hmm. We we pray regularly for revival. Yep. Um and you know <laughs> gonna get no argument with me about that. You know yep. pray for revival, pray for revival, pray for revival. I wonder what kind of revival they pray for though. Or if they just pray in general, like do they pray for a revival of worship among those who have already expressed faith in Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. or do they pray for a revival of like the salvation of souls, or what do they pray? What like what are they? What are they praying for? Mm-hmm. Another question I would like to ask them is like, what is the, what are the like the leadership cultural values that you're that you're leading with that have, um not only allowed what's happening to happen, but to support Mm -hmm. it on an ongoing basis. I mean, for goodness sakes, they've canceled classes for 12 days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is an institution of higher learning. Right. And I get it, right. They, they are, they're, they're preparing Christian leaders. And so why, how could they not? But yeah, all, but like, like, like I went to I went to a Bible college, right? There's also degree right? requirements, yeah, right? Like, so, like, I gotta everyone, write that paper, right? Is um, everyone gonna have to stay an extra twelve days, yeah, at the end of the semester to right. hit course requirements to get accreditations? It's just the interesting questions for me is like, how do you lead? How do you as as leaders of an institution? Mm-hmm. How do you lead in a place? Recognize when God is doing something mm-hmm. and not get in its friggin' way. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to know that because mm-hmm. I, I ask that question of myself all of the time as someone who leads worship as a pastor is like, how do I make sure that I'm hearing the Lord, mm-hmm. discerning the Holy Spirit's movement, making sure I stay out of the way, but also at the same time, Offer leadership, direction, yep. momentum. Because obviously, there's there's been leadership happening there. Mm-hmm. No, because at some point, right? Like there's a there's a um, another version of how this could have played out. Like the, mm-hmm. the the dean of students could have came in and said, like, "Hey, like Go really class. really appreciate yeah. what you guys are doing here, but like uh, we can't be using God as an excuse to play hooky." Um, like, like I, I can see and hear it. Like, yep. like there, there is a version in which that could have happened, Yep. but there was, um, leadership wisdom yep. 
to allow to allow for some chaos too. Yeah. Right. Because like it's yeah. like you have to be willing to allow what's happening, and and I'm sure that if we were like. You know, like if we were to talk to some people who are behind the staff, like, yeah, they've had maybe like news cameras and weird, weird people kind of showing up and trying to get access to different parts of the campus that they're maybe not allowed to. And like, it's probably disrupting a lot of the systems Mm -hmm. that happen on an ordinary day to day basis. And rather than saying like, oh, this is just too much and like just kind of shutting it down so that they can have order back. There's been a willingness to create space and to allow probably a certain amount of chaos in, and I and I mean that like I don't mean like utter like utter chaos, but like just like disruption to the regular system of the campus. Exactly. You know, I, I've seen pictures where they've been bringing in porta potties and food trucks, mm-hmm. and they've made you know, hey, if you're traveling in from out of town and you want to be here but you have no place to stay. We'll find a floor for you to sleep on. This is yeah. this is the university administration saying this. Right. They have no obligation to do that. Right. But they have chosen right. to undergo the pain and the inconvenience in order to make the space for those things to yes. happen. So Asbury University leadership, you don't need any accolades from me, but bravo. Right. For like finding a way to lead mm-hmm. in that and – um, just like getting it right. It seems from yeah. at least from yeah. where we sit, yeah. getting it right. Yeah, I think you know just to just just to share this at least from my perspective. Maybe there's, I don't know. I th- I think there might be a little bit of an assumption that like, oh, of course it's going to happen on a college campus and a bunch of like, like that's the area where it would happen. Or like maybe these students are pre, they're young, they're. Their students, they're predisposed to this type of thing happening, and maybe that would be used to be discredited, but um, to discredit like what's happening there, just to kind of like, I would say that like, at least from my experience, there would be several things that are just in the way of it happening on a college campus like mm-hmm. that, and like students being a Bible college student or a seminary student studying theology, studying the Bible. And going to chapels, like chapel can feel like another class. Like, mm-hmm. and, and there are like, I guess what all I'm just trying to say and point out is that there are obstacles to this having happened here. It's not like a, oh, it's the perfect sociological setting for this to have happened. Mm-hmm. Like being a full-time student, having jobs and stress assignments work, uh, institutional life, like all of that does not necessarily make a conducive environment for revival either. Mm-hmm. So I guess all that to just kind of say like, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that um, revival happening was a foregone conclusion by any means. I still, no. I think it's extraordinary. Yes. Um, but I think maybe to kind of close out that bit, I was kind of thinking about just the general trend of people wanting to kind of give their stamp of approval or their X or thumb up, thumb down. And I was thinking about the parable of the wheat and the weeds, mm-hmm. right? This I, I don't know that it's talked about a ton. I don't know that it's a super familiar parable or it's wheat and the tares is the mm-hmm. older translation of mm-hmm. that. Jesus talks about the 
the sower goes out and sows his field and he sows this and, and it up comes some wheat, but also up comes some weeds in it. And he kind of, you know, the workers are like, should we go out and just start pulling out the weeds, try and find all the weeds, pull the, and he's like, no, we'll sort it out at the end. Like when we, when we, when harvest time comes, because they don't want to pull out wheat with the weeds. Right. Yeah. And the larger kind of like application of that being like, there's a level at which we in ministry and in, as the church, there's, I don't want to say that discernment is in like not valuable, but I think there's a point at which we need to just kind of say like, it's not mine to discern. It's not mine to discern. Yeah. Cause a hundred percent, there very well might be, and probably is people who are showing up now, especially who have disingenuous motives in being there. Sure. But I don't know that that's my job to overly fix a bit, fixate on worry about like what seems to be happening from a large standpoint, something that's glorifying God, um, praising his name mm-hmm. and reviving people's love for him. Right. Let's just say that's a good. Mm-hmm. And then let's, not worry about maybe like sorting out the wheat in the weeds out of that particular instance. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. That's just kind of my, I think that principle at could be applied at large to this, to this uh, phenomena. And I think that would, I mean, if, if we were using that principle, I think it would, a lot of the, the conversation shifts to this, like, is it good? Is it bad? Is it genuine? Yeah. We've, we've, we've made it uh, trendy to be the arbiters of truth. Yeah. A lot of, in, in a lot of ways. Um, and not, not even so much of like um, that there is a standardized objective truth upon which all people agree about, and now we're just going to point out how it doesn't align with the agreed upon objective, objective truth, but no. that um, we carry around our own subjective version of what it is, of what truth is, of what revival is, mm-hmm. of what is happening. Yeah, and then, and then, and then we just not arbitrarily, but then we just no. essentially like. You know, cast judgment upon anything that is not in line with that particular wow. view, yeah. which is sad. I'll yeah. say that it's it's sad, um, and I think you know that parable uh, of the wheat and the tares is a, kind of a good a good example, or at least a good a good lens to view it through. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's. A, Maybe it makes sense to say it in, or to make this comparison or not. Um, you know, there like sometimes you would get the question of, uh, okay, I someone asked for my help, mm-hmm. financial help or whatever. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. And um, this could be a whole topic right. itself, but yeah, they asked for my help, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't know whether or not to help them. And I said, okay, well, like, why not? You, you, why not? Well, I wasn't sure if their reasons for needing help were legitimate. 
I didn't know if they had a job or not, whether they were working. Right. I didn't know like whether they deserve actually deserved the help or not. Yes. Or like I have these resources and you know, like God has asked me to faithfully steward these resources. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, so only people who have met a certain laundry list of requirements or uh, circumstances that deserve pity. Right. Um, you know, like I don't wanna I don't wanna just be you know, helping the career homeless or right. something like right. that. So what they're worried about is they're worried is that God is going to judge them for misusing the resources that he's entrusted to them Yeah, more than he is going to um, uh, create judgment or like mm-hmm. judge them for not helping someone who needs help. Yeah. Now, if you compare the, the gospel narratives, the biblical narratives comparing the responsibilities that we have on both ends, right. the call to care for the needy, like significantly outweighs God's call on us to manage our resources or, or steward shrewd. our resources. Yes, right. <laughs> like, 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 like. Let's just like take that for a second. Mm-hmm. Let's just imagine, right? Let's just imagine a conversation with Jesus and Jesus coming up and saying to someone, "You were too generous to the wrong yes. people." Yes, I mean, like, how gullible could you possibly be, Cameron, to help that person? Um, you got taken. Yes, I mean, I am so disappointed right. in you. Um, now I don't like, I don't get the sense that that's the way that Jesus is approaching the issue. No. And I, not that it's the same thing, it's no. but I get, but, but the same heart, the same heart behind I it. think applies to this situation of like, um, judgment for that or for renewal or revival or whatever is, is, um, however you want to describe what's happening in Asbury exists, I think. Yeah. Like, um, God is, I don't think God is too overly impressed with our discerning. Or cynicism. Or cynicism. Yeah. It's not, um, especially a cynicism from a distance. Yes. Yeah. Let's, let's talk there. Like, why aren't you and I getting in a truck right now and driving to Asbury? Well, to be perfectly honest with you, I've thought about it. Um, my reasons, I don't know about your reasons. Um, my reasons are personal. And I'm not exactly, I'm not exactly, um, I mean, just being perfectly vulnerable, I'm a little yeah. ashamed of the reasons why I don't want to go. Mm. But I do want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a sense in me where it's like, um, I, I, I question like, Lord, what about my leadership, or what about me, or what about this place? Why isn't it happened here? Mm-hmm. A little bit of that. A, a little bit of that is selfish. Sure. You know, selfish and like, oh, I want it to happen here. If it's yeah. if it's going to happen anywhere, I want it to happen here. But I also understand, like, who wouldn't want to be, you know? Then I think back on like, you know, uh, kind of. Have you ever done the? Did you ever do the Experiencing God Bible study by Blackaby? That really yeah. like so his whole thing in in um, Experiencing God was like you you get a sense of where God is working and you go and join him. 
right? You don't ask him to come and do yeah. what you're doing. You see what God is doing and yeah. you go and, and you mm-hmm. go and be with that. Mm-hmm. And so there's a little bit of like a, well, I mean, I see what God is doing there. Like, why wouldn't I go? Right. Right. So there's a little bit of that in play. It makes me want to go. I want to experience mm-hmm. that. I want to, I, I don't want to go to get, like, get a, my own sense of what's actually happening there. Wow. I, there's been nothing inside of me that's said, oh, I don't think it's legitimate and I'm going to go down there to prove that it's not. Like if anything, it's like I deeply want to go because I want to see and experience and worship like that way. But there's something, but like the, we've been preaching about shame. Right, mm-hmm. but the, there's a shame inside of me that's saying like you don't deserve to go and experience that because you have not been found faithful enough to mm-hmm. have it happen here. Mm-hmm. Um, now, even as I say that out loud, I recognize the the voice of the enemy in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But it's real. It's probably the real reason that I haven't. Yeah. And that even a little bit of it makes me, like, not uncomfortable, like reading the accounts or watching the videos. But like, uh, um, Lord, I so desperately want to experience you in that way, um, and so desperately want the people that I lead and love and care for and of like and I'm giving my life for to experience you in that way. And I want my city to experience you in that way. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to see people saved and I want to see people revived and renewed in their heart of worship. And I want all those things so badly. Um, and it, then it becomes, but, but then it, it kind of morphs into like almost this like works faith. Like, mm-hmm. okay, Lord, I'll just pray more. Yeah, what do I need to do? Yeah, what do I need to do? I'll fast until it happens. I'll pray more. And it's not that those things are... Not even that those things are like that God is not asking you to pray more. That God is not asking you to right. fast more. But if like a, yeah. it becomes a bargaining with God. Right. God's not my vending machine. Right. And so I would say, why haven't mm-hmm. I jumped in the truck and gone down? It's been a mixture of those reasons. Yeah. So, I mean, why, why, why haven't you gone down? Uh, you know, I think for me, it's a, it's a general feeling that if I were to go down there, I wouldn't belong. Like there is a little bit of a like, rejection. Hmm. Like your rejection. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Like a little bit of just like. Yeah. Um. But it's just like I'm like, well, it happened to them, right? There at that time, mm-hmm. not here. Yep. Not me. Like, and so it would feel. I would feel a little bit of imposter syndrome. Yeah. If I were to go down there. Same. Just because I'm like, is I don't know that this is for me. Like I don't know that God God chose to do this here mm-hmm. and not where I was at. Mm. And and receiving that, trying to receive that, like this is this is my pot. This is my trying to be my positive posture. This is what I'm aiming for. Is trying to receive what God chooses to do and chooses not to do humbly as a creature of His. Mm-hmm. Just to say that, like, the Lord chooses to work where he chooses to work in the manner he chooses to work. Mm-hmm. Like, we had service here yesterday. Yesterday was Sunday. And we had service, um, preached the sermon, 
I, I tried my absolute best to preach the heck out of that sermon. Yeah, right. I can say that if that's, I don't even know if that's, yeah. I don't know what the theological terms yeah. of that is, but <clears throat> I gave it my best. Gave it our all. I gave it my all. Yep. I like pray and pray. I even like, my hope is that there's still, that there are people today that are impacted by that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think God did something yesterday. That's my prayer. Yeah. Right. But it didn't lead to, revival can i sit and accept how god chose to work through service yesterday yep and and be okay with that and that's kind of i think that's where i'm trying to get to that's where i think i i'm aiming at a little bit there's also just the practicalities of like life mm -hmm. um and then also i think if i'm also honest another reason i haven't gone down there is because like like I said earlier, I I'm a closet cynic or a recovering cynic. Mm -hmm. Like that is where my heart easily goes to, mm -hmm. and so I have I, I would my fear would be is that I would get down there. This is part of it. Is that if I would get down there, I would just be like, I don't get it. Mm. That would be my fear. I think mm -hmm. is that I would be like not on the same wavelength as everyone yeah. else. Yeah. I think that's a little bit, and, and then I, that would just be a, like a blow, I guess, mm -hmm. in some sense. I just wouldn't want to like, like kind of want to be content with what God chooses mm -hmm. for me. But I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like even in this moment, I'm getting the sense of God's like grace over us both. Mm. Um, you know, because I think generally we both expressed a we're not worthy yeah. sentiment there. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I I know for sure that's not what God wants communicated, right? And uh, I, I don't know. I just get the sense now, even in the moment that God is giving us, God wants us to be more gentle with ourselves. As mm -hmm. He is gentle with us. Um, yeah. Not that God doesn't want us to pursue um, whatever it is that's happening. Yep. Renewal, revival, use your words, mm -hmm. like just unhinged, unboundaried worship. Yeah. Or just pursuit of him. Or just pursuit of him. Right. Yeah. We want to put a good, the best frame around it. Sure. Let's just pursue him. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, anyway, yeah, no, I think it's, um, I would, I would, I want to go down. Mm-hmm. There's obviously practical reasons why we can't. Well, I can't also, but <clears throat> yeah, we have um, a church here. Yeah, I mean, I got a funeral this week, and you know, like I have my kids to take care of. And, oh, Sherry wouldn't mind, right? Right. <laughs> she wouldn't. No, if I told her, "Hey, I'm getting in the truck and going down," she would be supportive. But I know she would. Um, but yeah, no, I I think that the conversation could go on for a long, long time. Um, I would say, you know at least in this situation, I am overwhelmingly positive and grateful mm -hmm. that God is showing himself in a significant way there. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful that those who um, are, are there experiencing it um, are able to move out on mission and, mm -hmm. and be, uh, movers in the kingdom with like significant spiritual fervor after having 
this type of like experience with him. And we, we read and we know in history, like those who have been, uh, those who were converted at Billy Graham crusades, for instance, yeah. and what they, what they go on to do and mm-hmm. lead in the kingdom of God in the church. And my hope is that this is the same, it's the same situation now and that 20 years from now, we'll be reading about this person's testimony. Yes. Who was, yes, please. You know, mm-hmm. like, that their own spiritual fervor was set afire mm-hmm. at the Asbury revival of 2023. Um, so that's my hope, you know, and, um, and uh, I wish I had a band hammer for social media. I know. Right. Uh, but, uh, but there, there again, you know, I'm just like, they're not the arbiter of truth. I'm not the arbiter of truth. either. No, so, not. yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know when I don't know when this episode's going to air. I don't think we've decided if it's going to be a bonus episode or we if haven't. it's going to be a regular episode. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, so we don't know what the state of the revival will be when this releases. No, we're just talking about it as it stands now. Yeah. Um, and like we said, today is the twentieth of February. Mm-hmm. So I think I did read. Um, I, I did read that it's going to be moving off campus. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm not sure what that means for them or for it or for yeah. what's next or whatever, but I'll be interested to see what the next, what the next steps there yeah. are. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think if anything, I don't know, there's not much of a, maybe a, there's not much of a bow tie to add to the topic. No, I don't think so. Um, other than maybe just that, like, keep praying, keep praying. Pursue God yep. where you're at. Yep. Keep praying. Yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. I think that's good advice. Right. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Thanks for listening in with us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we hope that uh, at least it maybe draw a, a frame around the all the accounts that you've been hearing or the things that you've been seeing and yeah. maybe give you an opportunity to think with a different perspective on what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um you know, as always, if you have questions for us here to deal with on the Uncut Podcast, you can yep. text them into our mailbag, 716-201-0507, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll be sure to get to those as we as we have enough. So uh, thanks for listening today, and uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. All right. 